I'm Joe. My mum's name is Aileen, and you're listening to My Mum Missed Marvel. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a collection of 23 films, which have grossed a combined total of over $22.5 billion at the box office alone. It's the largest film franchise of all time, and has been a big part of my life for the past 11 years. For my mum, not so much. Well, you want to hear a story, do you? How about a story from when I was just a young boy of only 24 years old, when I had a podcast with my mum? <laughs> this is your line, mum. It's always your line, and you never remember to say hello. I don't know where that is. I don't... <laughs> It was a podcast in which my mum, hello, and I, <laughs> and I watched all of the films in the MCU in order. But then it took me so long to edit the Infinity War episode that I've aged fifty years, and now I'm old timey. Now I get it. I thought yeah, you. Yeah, now them. you get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a goof, everyone. I'm not actually an old-timey guy. It was just it wasn't 50 years. It was just a break of 3 months. The Fair perfectly like reasonable time to take a break unannounced from the podcast. Oh dear. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh jokes aside, <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> we'll uh well hopefully you're listening to this only a week or so after the Infinity War episode, but we're back. We're Hooray! recording again, Mum. Yeah, We're back in twenty twenty one. Mm hmm. Same same podcast, same recording spaces, same Mum, same Joe. Yeah. But new new camera place for Joe because my camera <laughs> broke, and that's going to change the whole dynamic. You aren't even ready for this. Yeah, this is a brand new podcast, essentially. How are you doing, Mum? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Getting by. You, you yeah. have a good Christmas period and everything. We took a bit of a break there. Oh, jings, that seems like a long while ago. It does, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, just got a lot of work on. Just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, this is what the uh, people are tuning in for, Mum. What's the work? How's the how's the old <laughs> workload at the moment? <laughs> Go into detail. Oh. I think we all want to hear it. Oh, don't. You've had time to think about this. I haven't. Um, ask me again. How are you doing, Mum? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I've had time to think about it and you haven't had time? Well when you we find both... me a wee while ago you said, right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do my brainstorming and, and work out my introduction and I just go don't, and come don't straight on. Give away the, well, cut that the bit out, then. hidden truth that I don't <laughs> improvise these every time, Mum. <laughs> and also this is out of the bit that I brainstormed. This is now the part of the podcast which is commonly designated as banter. I know I've, I've pre show banter. I've lost the ability to banter. I've lost the ability to think and to talk. I know, yeah, our dynamics off. I don't really even know even though if we really get on anymore. I don't it's know just, either. Uh, I haven't seen you for so the, long, actually. Without the podcast tying us together, I feel like you're, you're a complete stranger now, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, do you want another take of the how yeah. are you doing yeah, thing, yeah. just I in do. case we don't I do. use I, that? I do, I think, actually, yeah. But wait a minute, let me think of what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Right. See, this is this is a secret between me and you, the listeners. None of this is going to get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, Mum? Yeah, I'm you good, good, thanks, Joe. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> How's work? Work? What's that? No, I'm looking forward to getting back into the MCU. It's been oh, a long so while. Oh, so am I. It's been a long Absolutely. while since we were there. I, it has, I've yeah. I've missed it. 
and I need a mm-hmm. bit of I need a bit of relaxation. So I'm looking forward to watching a film this evening. Absolutely, we've yep. just had Infinity War. It, it, it just happened moments ago, <laughs> and we can't wait to dive into the second half of the climax of the MCU. Everything's ending in this one. It's oh uh, wait, hold on. Uh, we've got to watch Ant Man and the Wasp first. So yeah. uh, Endgame's still a little wee while off. We've, yeah. got, we've got a we've got a fun fun zany Ant Man film in <laughs> in between. <laughs> so. Uh, I said last time that this is just not the time in the MCU that you want to be watching a, a fun zany film. You want to be diving straight back in. I've had yeah. a look at some of the reviews, and a lot of the reviews, the positive parts are like, after the depressing end of Infinity War, this is what you want. So apparently, that's actually a bit of a selling point for this film, Mum. So we'll, oh. we'll see what you actually think about it. It's a bit, little okay. bit lighter. <laughs> Fewer than half of the universe dies in this film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can, uh, oh well, I'll, I'll give away to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit impatient to get on to Endgame, right enough. Oh, right. Okay, so uh, the intro of the film, um, it's got people... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's not really too much to introduce about this one. It's got the same cast. It's directed by the same guy. It stars Ant-Man and the Wasp. Did we, did we cover that? Yeah, it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it's it's like Ant-Man, but with extra wasp this time. With uh, Would you like to do most of this intro-y bit here, Mum? I'm going to pass the buck to you. What, who are all of these people? What's the dynamic? What do you remember going into this? Um, The Wasp <laughs> is the daughter of the scientist that invented the Ant-Man technology. Okay, so are we going completely sans names here? So we're just we're just yeah. going by titles. You know, I don't every... remember names, Joe. I never remember <laughs> do you, do, names. <laughs> do you remember a single name? Do you remember Ant Man's name? Uh, nope. Okay, wow. <laughs> oh, you mean back. do you mean the actor's name or the character's name? Either Scott. one. Either one will do. Scott. His name is Scott. Yes, His there name. you go. Right. Okay. Very good. Anyone else? Uh, um, <laughs> Michael Douglas. Is the actor that played the scientist? That's very true. Yes, but I don't remember his name. Doctor Somebody, probably. Yep, bang on the money. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's two of the three. How about the third one? What's the wasp's name? Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, it was I a forgot. long while ago. It was a very it was, long while ago. It was ago. quite a while ago. Yeah, Scott has at least been mentioned in other stuff. I think he was in Civil War and everything. But it's it was a long time ago now that we saw Ant Man. Do you remember any dynamics or any, you know, where any of the characters are and stuff? Do you remember why Ant-Man wasn't in Infinity War? I never knew. Oh, no, I think they did. They not mention. I know they mentioned why Hawkeye wasn't in Mm -hmm. Infinity War. Is Ant-Man related to... uh, So they, they were doing the same thing, whatever excuse that there was for why Hawkeye wasn't there, Ant-Man was helping them out. Similar? I think the idea, I'm pretty sure this was in Infinity War, I think that the line is, Hawkeye is, is at home with his family, Like yes. I think they might say that he's retired or something? Yes, they do, that's right, but it rings a bell. Ant-Man is under house arrest, because he went and oh, joined okay. Captain America in Civil War, and Captain America's side were vigilantes in Civil War, they lost... And so he's been put under house arrest. That's why he wasn't... Um... Right, okay. How was he under house arrest when the others weren't? Or did they escape? Well, they, they, were vig- they were vigilantes, Mum. Don't you remember the scene in Edinburgh Station where they yes, all had they dark, edgy, black costumes now because they're vigilantes? And long hair and beards. 
Yeah, and beards. All, all three all of them had them. beards, yeah. if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to Ant-Man's beard in this one, is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you remember anything about his relationship to the scientist, the wasp? Do you remember how people got on, who didn't get on with who? Anything like that? Well, he, the, the scientist was very protective of his daughter, uh, mm-hmm. which is why he didn't want her to use the technology. But yep. um, the, he and the daughter um, were getting on quite well. And stole a wee kiss at one point, and the father did walked in on them. did a wee kiss, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so you remember the main character dynamics of where yeah. things are at the moment. And okay, Scott's cool. got a wee daughter that looks up to him. Um, oh, he does have a wee daughter. She was quite sweet. Yeah. Um, they had quite a good relationship with the ugly rabbit and all that. <laughs> yes. Was it a rabbit? Nice. It was something that was ugly. I think anyway. it was a rabbit. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a rabbit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's basically just Ant-Man. I mean, I don't have much else to say about it. it it's. Yeah. I, I remember it as being relatively similar to the first one in okay. terms of tone and comedy and things like that. It's light, it's enjoyable. Uh, it might be a bit boring, though. It might be a bit boring. I'm slightly could, worried that, well, yeah. I don't know, Mum, are any of these Marvel films boring with their super-powered hijinks <laughs> and things like that? <laughs> Slow <laughs> motion me, I, jumping through the air. <laughs> I think I think we enjoyed Ant-Man, right? We, we came down on the side of it's enjoyable, but just not the most deep yeah. of the films. We thought yeah. it was very funny, I think. Yeah, I de- it was a hit. I definitely remember giving it a hit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> using a pattern to date or misses. It was a hit. <laughs> it got a bell. Yeah, well, I think I remember walking out of the film with a smile on my face after this one as well. Okay. I think it's enjoyable. Okay, that's what cool. I Cool. Well, yeah. we'll see whether you agree, Mum. Yeah. I think, yeah, should we just dive on into it? See you on the other side Good. and all that? See you on the other side. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, and welcome back to our first returning guest. We've got Uncle David on the show again. How are you? Hello there. I'm uh, very well, uh, all things considered, what with one thing and another. Mm-hmm. We've had you on a bonus episode before, by far our most popular bonus episode, I might yeah, add. Well, yes, in um, much the same way that I'm your favourite Scottish uncle, as we've already yep. established. <laughs> it's the only one, <laughs> although that is just blood Scottish uncle. I will quickly <laughs> add, add in there, just in case Uncle Dorothy and Uncle Aunt Dorothy <laughs> and Uncle Billy listen. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> so, you're joining us for the first time in a main episode. What was it about Ant-Man and the Wasp? that appealed to you why did you want to come and join us on this one well you see how hmm, you're asking me this right at the start of the podcast joe how early do you want me to go full grumpy old man do you really want me to go that far Mm. already we're going full grumpy old man yeah go for it give us a give us the highlights when this was first mooted you see your mum contacted me and said oh we're thinking about doing this and i know you used to like marvel was there any films you would be interested in and straight Mm -hmm. away the film that I said, which Alien is looking as puzzled as ever because we know her memory is rubbish. <laughs> Straight away, I said, I would really like to do Ant-Man. Oh, and right. yet, Ant-Man came and went. Man, I also uh-huh. said, I quite fancy Thor. And, and actually, even the third Thor would be great Mom. as well. No, Both, I did remember that one. Thors came Mom. Was I contacted? Did did the call come? There I was sitting beside the phone. <laughs> we didn't waiting, even have guests. Waiting, waiting, waiting. It's yet, not even like we had a different guest. Those no, were just duo episodes. No, so there we are. So really, the true answer to why do I want to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp is because really I wanted to talk about Ant Man, and this is the closest I can get given how many are left. So there we are. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Can we? Is it too late for us to say that we were building up anticipation to you being on the show with the bonus episode and the Infinity War teaser? 
could be, could be. Yes, if that's if that's your excuse and you're sticking to it, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> no, I I really quite fancy Dan Man because of the um, Edgar Wright connection, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to talk about the film that he didn't make, and so I think probably it was a wise decision that you actually talked about the film that was put out <laughs> and everyone else saw, as opposed to the one that I wanted to see. So anyway, I may still rave occasionally about Edgar Wright because the man is a genius, uh, but I can't really say much about him in this particular film except to note his absence in a couple of places but there we are yeah there was a bit of a grumpy tweet as i recall after the (laughs) ant-man podcast as well about the film that wasn't made so i think i think the fans want to hear about this david (laughs) i'm sure our social media manager handled that definitely as usual so that's why uh, you want desperately wanted to join us on ant-man and the wasp and you're very welcome to be on the show mum what did you think about the film as a standalone film, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. As a sequel to a previous film, I also enjoyed it, but I okay. have a few things to say about that. Sure. But strangely enough, well, no, it's not strange at all, actually, because now that I'm so into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was a certain sense of, come on, come on, come on, that's not moving things <laughs> along a bit. Um, yeah, so yeah. What are we, if we're talking about whether this was a hit or a miss with me, what are we actually measuring here? Is it the film itself within its mm. own confines or is it a film, is it in its place as part of the MCU? I would I say think, yes to that. Yeah, I think <laughs> the idea has been, your recommendation is, if people are listening along with the podcast, watching the films along with us, is this one that they can skip and just Mm -hmm. listen to the episode Mm -hmm. for a recap or one that they should go away and watch so that's what we'll say should people watch this or should they just listen to the episode and skip it don't know whether you'll agree with me but this one was a wee bit in the balance on that measuring scale but in the end i came down on the side of ah very good very good bell noise mum well done can I mount a defence? I, I don't know if I, I can mount a defence at this stage or not, but I would say because I've seen subsequent films that you haven't, uh-huh. some hmm. elements of this film do tie in into the later films. Does well, that is that right, Joe? Would you agree with that? Yeah, but mum gave it a mum gave it a hit. I don't think we yeah, need yeah. to defend yeah. it. No, no, but I just mean in terms of the things that she was concerned yeah. about. Ah, yeah, right. Sorry, yes, I place in the MCU. I would say yes, it does have a place in the MCU, and but it's more, you see it retrospectively more than in the moment. I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. It's it's always tricky to go for the defense of a film based on, you know, stuff which comes later because everyone sees the films in the same order. So making mm-hmm. a film retroactively better or worse is always a bit of a tricky uh-huh. subject. It, it, it's interesting to look back and see whether you liked it more or less the second time and with future knowledge mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think for the for the time being, that is a, a legitimate problem to have with the film. The it's, end credits scene alone actually yeah, would make yeah. me say you really ought to watch this film. You know, oh, that, And again, that just, that was uh, very powerful moment as well and took me completely by surprise i know it's it's the earliest we're jumping into the end credit scene but it is the (laughs) biggest thing about this film it was the bit that i was looking forward to the entire way through and i i also like it i think it's pretty fun 
But the whole way through, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to that end. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Bizarrely, I, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp in the cinema before I had seen um, the, the oh, in, Infinity, Infinity War. I, I, I didn't understand the significance of the end credits scene. Ah, and I must admit, is... I, had to, I had to Google yeah. it to work out what on earth was going on. Ah. So, mm. yes, so that, that end credit scene was slightly confusing. <laughs> um, but we're dancing around this end credit scene, and the reason that we're dancing around it is because we haven't had a recap of the film yet, Mum. If no. someone hasn't seen the film in a while, what okay. happened in Ant Man versus. Not Ant Man versus the Wasp. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay. Well, Scott, who is the Ant Man, together with Hank Pym and Hope, set out to try and rescue the original Wasp, Janet, who was Hank's wife and mm-hmm. Hope's mother. They are trying to rescue her from the quantum realm Yep. because in Ant-Man 1, Scott actually got into the quantum realm and came back. So mm-hmm. for years, Hank had assumed that Janet was gone forever, but actually had been working on a way to get back to the quantum realm to see if he could rescue her. I think this is actually something that you called in our I Ant-Man did. episode or when we were talking about it. You said, I well, did. if he can get back, can the wasp get back? And many it, didn't years. Make it, in, it didn't make it into the podcast, I don't think, but I did say that <laughs> did watching not? the film. Sorry uh. about that. Mum made a very good call. <laughs> this is going to be another thing where it did end up in the podcast. I probably not yeah. I, I have said many times, nobody really dies in the comics. There's <laughs> always a way to bring them back. It's uh, very true. Yeah. Having read quite a few more comics over the Christmas period where we took our break, I can see how that is the case. Several characters start certain comic arcs as dead and then become alive. <laughs> <laughs> through various different means over the course of the issues, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the overall quest in the in mm-hmm. the film. Scott is actually under house arrest. He's wearing an electronic tag because of mm-hmm. um, his shenanigans and civil war. So part of it is have is a way of getting him out of the house. So they put a, a large <laughs> ant in the house with his electronic tag on. Um, yep. Quite humorous. And then basically he, the three of them together, so Hank's been working on creating a quantum tunnel mm-hmm. to go back in, but they don't know exactly where she is. However, Janet then speaks through Scott, because he's been down there, I think is the idea, somehow or other, she can work yeah. through Scott to get a message to them. So she gives her coordinates so they, they know, <laughs> which is quite amazing. In the quantum realm, in this huge, great, infinite quantum realm, they can actually <laughs> pinpoint exactly where Janet is. That's brilliant. Quantum uh, GPS. Just put yeah. it there. Quantum GPS. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this right. film has efficient. some of it, it's potentially the most science fiction rubbish. For, yeah. I mean, we t- we spoke about that <laughs> last episode with Thor restarting the heart of a dying star to forge a magic weapon. This one is is at that yeah. level, if not higher. Yeah. There's so much jargon and ridiculousness yeah. that you just go, okay, sure, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. That's how That's it works, right. sure. Suspensively, just put quantum in front of anything you like. Yeah. And, yeah. Every time Ant Man's suit is malfunctioning, the wasp just opens his belt, presses four buttons, yeah. and it goes on working again, <laughs> making you wonder right. why he doesn't just do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway, in the intervening years, Hank has developed this cool technology where they can actually shrink the lab down. So the lab mm-hmm. that they're working in to develop the quantum tunnel can also be shrunk down into a wee. Trolley Philly case, which is fun. Which is fun. That yeah. is fun. Yeah, that is very good. I, I was disappointed that it wasn't a little sort of tartan Philly case like you see old ladies taking to the yes, shops. Yes, that's right. That, a that shop trolley. Yes. Like a shop trolley. Yeah, that's right. 
I've got one of them, by the way, so we should... As I said, old ladies. <laughs> Little old ladies. <laughs> so the baddies in this film are led by a character called Birch. I had to look that up, but he's called Birch, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they kind of deal in black market technical stuff. And the reason he's in there is that Hank and Hope need a component from Birch... <laughs> But Birch is trying to get the whole kind of technology for himself. The component which the film doesn't even try to name or explain why they need it. I think they literally (laughs) just call it a component and then never expand on that. It's just, that is quite a funny, yeah, we know. It's a plot device, everyone. You don't really care what this is, right? We just want an action scene. Yeah, we're not going to waste any more time in this. Just just go with us. Which is the right choice. I can can appreciate it being that brazen, yeah. (laughs) So that that so there you've set up that sort of antagonism there. Mm-hmm. There's also another duo involved. So we've got a, I think it's a former colleague of Hank's, Bill Foster, mm-hmm. played and, by Morpheus, who you uh, didn't realize, didn't no, recognize, no, which I, I found shocking. Yeah, and I've seen what what is it you said he was in? Because oh, I've seen um, I've, I've just called him by his character obviously. name. Can you not remember well, it? The Matrix. Morpheus from The Matrix. Yeah, one of the coolest yeah. films of all I time. Know, I know. Well, no, I didn't recognise him. But you didn't recognise Michelle Pfeiffer, so... Well, this touché. is different because I don't really know who she is. I know that I know of her <laughs> name, but I don't know if I've seen very many things with her in it. Right, okay. Excuses, anyway, we'll excuses. come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill and this other kind of ghost girl who, who, who just appeared as a kind of... A shadowy. Uh, Joe says this all the time. I'm always moving my hands in the podcast, which I, I recognise is not very effective. <laughs> Everyone's doing a funny dance now, listeners. It's great fun. <laughs> Sorry, you missed out. There is a there is a, a ghost girl called Ava, who is molecularly unstable. Is that the right way of expressing it? Yeah, something like that. The, the word quantum was almost certainly in there. There was somewhere. quantum. I'm sure there quantum was a quantum disentanglement or something. Or something. Oh, yes. yeah, quantum yeah. deficiency <laughs> sounds very funny. Like she needs to take a little tablet every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken your quantum today? Mm. But she's basically, she her body is unstable. She's in constant pain and she's fading and she's about to die. And she needs quantum energy, of course, doesn't she? <laughs> of course. To actually... <laughs> Stop the, the, the deterioration and the pain. So she is also after Hank because she wants to get the energy out of the Janet. wasp, Janet, yeah. um, when, when they manage to bring Janet back. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a whole load of action, and this is where I always get things in the wrong order, so I'm not quite sure what happened first and what followed, but there is a lot of that. There are a lot of really funny car chases where... Hot, tiny wee Hot Wheels cars then become big and then can go wee and that that was quite fun but I don't quite remember the order of things but basically the the baddies Birch gets the lab and then Hank and Hope get taken in by the FBI and then Ant Man or Scott releases them and then they distract Ghost Girl while Hank You've said manages Ghost Girl to get a few down. times. Her, her name is just Ghost. <laughs> Oh, she's well, called Ghost. All oh, yes. right, okay. Well, her her okay. name is Ava, but her Ava. superhero name is Ghost. Ah, right, okay. 
they distract Ghost while Hank manages to get down the tunnel. And this is all going on all over San Francisco, which is actually quite cool because San Francisco is a good, uh, let's face it, is a good setting to make a film yeah. in. Yeah, especially um, for those car chases and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible nobody's thought of doing a car chase down the San yeah. Francisco streets I'm before, yeah. isn't it? I know, I know. And at one point, Ant- oh, Ant-Man's suit malfunctions quite a lot as well because yep. it's a new... Yep. It's a new prototype and and he ends up going really huge at one point and mm-hmm. he manages to get in Birch is on the ferry with the little small lab and Ant-Man goes into the water and manages to get the lab back and it, he makes it big on the kind of promenade or whatever beside the, the ferry port but nearly dies and Hope has to go in and rescue him. So there's a whole mm. lot of stuff goes on there. I have no idea what order it all came in. Yeah, and, it's and not really, it's and, just no. kind of, yeah, the lab bounces f- back and forth. Different yeah, people get the lab yeah, at different yeah. points, stealing it back off each other. The component bounces around a bit and everything. It's kind of irrelevant, I think. There's yeah. just, there's three groups of people all trying to get it. That's it, basically, yeah. The good guys are trying to get it to get Janet back. The ghost is trying to get it to get Janet back and kill her to kind of drain her quantum energy or something and Birch is just trying to get it to sell it so it's just everyone's just trying to get the lab and it just changes yeah. hands a bunch of times and there's some hilarious scenes with the truth serum which isn't a truth serum yep that's good and stuff that, that works in well and the thing that you didn't know Joe one of the one of Birch's henchmen is the be quiet guy from the yeah. brilliant TV series The Detectorists who's that? yeah <laughs> it was. I, I think I probably recognised that the first time, but you got it so quickly this time, I didn't get a proper look at him before you mentioned, oh, he's from oh, The yeah. Detectorist. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Birch, who was from The Hateful Eight. All right, I hadn't, I hadn't seen Birch before, I don't think. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was I was uh, trying to work out who the other guy was, who, who, who did come to me fairly quickly, was the guy from The Detectorists. Which, mm-hmm. if you don't know it, listeners, is a wonderful TV series that you really ought to take a look at. His his character name in the Detectorists is Hugh. I just wanted to show Hugh. off that I knew ah, that. Hugh. That's right. So it is Hugh. Very good, David. Very good. Anyway, back to the plot. We're nearly at the end now. Hank does manage to go down the quantum tunnel. Does find mm-hmm. his wife from before. Mm-hmm. They both start coming back up in the little kind of. <laughs> it's like a little submarine craft. Yeah, it's um, cute. And as they're as they're coming back, Ava gets in there and starts to take the energy. Oh, no, no, I'm getting hazy. Had had um, Janet actually arrived back when Ava came in and started to suck energy from her, or was she still in the ascent? She was on the way back. She was on, she was the, on the way back. Yeah. She was in the quantum tunnel, so she was either there or yeah. not there. It's difficult oh, the, to see. Uh, right, okay. That's why you're confused. Yeah, indeed. Schrodinger's um, arrival. Much, doesn't take much. <laughs> However, in the end, Janet is back with the rest of them and she is able to give somehow or other donate quantum energy to Ava anyway and stabilises her so it's all yeah. fine. She yeah. has like quantum powers now. It's very unclear yeah. <laughs> uh, what exactly she can do. I think she, she does that and she brings Hank out of like this weird vision. Yes, that's right. But it's it's very unclear what she's actually able to do. She kind of gets brought back in the last five minutes of the film, so they don't really have time to expand on it very much. Yeah. But if you've been down there that long, Joe, you know, come on, you're going to acquire some it was special powers. Evolution and adaptation. It was evolution I said and that. adaptation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That was a scientific basis for it all. We <laughs> wanted to just slip that one in there. I was thinking of Alec when she said that in his um, zoology. 
That and the healing quantum particles or the quantum healing particles, whatever that means. Yeah, boy, this film really leans into the word quantum, whilst also calling out that they lean into the word the quantum. quantum. Ant Man <laughs> makes a joke about, do you guys just put the word quantum in front of things? Bah. Uh, so there you are. That that's my summary. It was a lot easier to summarise this one than some of the others, and it was probably a lot quicker than some of the others as well. Yeah. So also Ant Man gets through his period of uh, oh yes, yeah, house arrest. Yeah. There's this kind of running theme throughout it or subplot where he's trying to make sure that he can turn back up at his house at various points when the FBI arrives to make them convince them that he's still there. And so his house arrest time has now finished. You more or less missed out the whole FBI subplot, which is understandable Mm. because it wasn't. I mean, I don't know. They tried hard (laughs) to make Mr. Wu, Agent Wu or whatever it is, exciting and funny. And and I think Mm. didn't Didn't really come off. No, I think he's quite funny. I think there's certain lines that seem a bit hammy, but then there are also certain lines which I think are genuinely quite funny and delivered well. The bit at the end when it's kind of just an awkward goodbye type of thing and they're not entirely sure what to do and Ant-Man makes a joke about, I thought you were inviting me out to dinner or something. He's like, no, no, no. you free later? <laughs> like I, I think that was <laughs> delivered quite quite well. That was a nice little surprise. But some mm. of his jokes do fall flat. I, I think this has a similar tone to... Guardians of the Galaxy 2, wherein it's got a lot more jokes than the first one did. Maybe not. The first Ant-Man mm. had a lot of comedy in it, but there's definitely a few in this one that don't work as well. Well, and also, the, the one of the best bits I thought from Ant-Man was the uh, lip-syncing sequences mm-hmm. that Luis does, mm-hmm. and it was like they kind of had to do it in yeah. this one, and yeah. they did do one, but I'm glad they didn't try and do any more than one, because that, that, would, you know, that wouldn't have worked, I don't yeah. think. It's a fun one. It's nice that you see the main cast doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. That, that's a nice little spin on it. But it's. I don't think that sequence is as hilarious as either of the first two no. in the um. I, in the I think uh, maybe this is where I want to, to kind of get my uh, Edgar Wright mention in here. I, I do yes. think partly I, I think this shows up the difference between, and I may get shot down for this I think this partly shows up the difference between British humour and, and American humour hmm. not to say that one is better than the other but I think they are different uh, and given that Paul Rudd I had such a big part in the writing of this one um, uh, and it lacked that uh, that input from Edgar Wright with just that little British twist I think it was it felt different I mean it was funny I think you're right there was a lot of funny lines in it and there was some good stuff in it but it just felt different from the from the mm. first one, and I and my suspicion is it's that Edgar Wright influence, even though he wasn't there at the end, even though he wasn't directly influencing what we saw on the screen. I think his humorous fingerprints, if I can say that, are kind of all over the first one in a way that they're not in this one. Would you like to give a brief summary of what happened with Edgar Wright in the I first? I was going to say that I think that would be <laughs> useful because I don't know what you're referring to here. Ed- Edgar Wright was on board to to create. Ant-Man, he was involved in the casting, he had written stuff. There's a fantastic um, kind of, a show is not the right word, there's a fantastic bit of video that he'd put together to show the studio how he would have Ant-Man fighting and it was shown at some Comic Con. You can still get it on, uh, on YouTube if you look it up. Uh, and you see just his idea of how this would work. How could you have a miniature man fighting? Which I think was one of your confusions at the start, <laughs> yes. if I remember correctly. Alien. How could it be the size of an ant? That's just ridiculous. Um, so Edgar Wright had put this together. He was, and he got really quite far in it and spent some time on it. Hmm. It was, if I remember correctly, it was supposed to come out 
uh, before a number of the other films, but then they decided that the kind of Marvel Universe idea was kind of firming up more in the executives' mm-hmm. heads, I think, mm-hmm. and they decided to push Ant-Man back and get some of the more major characters, the Captain Americas yeah. and Iron Man and, uh, and, so, and the Hulk and so on, out there first. So Ant-Man was pushed back. And then there came a point where Edgar Wright was no longer connected with the film. And it's it's never been, it's never to my knowledge, it's never been fully explained exactly why he left. The closest I've seen is Edgar Wright is quoted, and I'm, I'm probably going to misquote him here, but Edgar Wright is quoted as saying something like, I wanted to make a Marvel film, but Marvel didn't want to make an Edgar Wright film. And that's I the quote that I've seen, yeah. I think that's probably right. I think he would have made it. Uh, Edgar Wright is is the chap behind Hot Fuzz and um, uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the, Shaun Dead, of the Dead. He did World's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which really showcases how great his action is. The Spaced uh, television series, which you really... Joe, you told me you hadn't seen Spaced. Is that, no, is I that still, still haven't. The case? It's, it's on the list. Shocking. It's on the list. No, it's <laughs> further up the list. Uh, Edgar Wright did uh, Baby Driver, right? as well yeah, and baby driver uh, mm-hmm. he did he he does say that actually because he left ant-man it freed him up to do baby driver which he is a cracking do, film so that's a it is an lining. astonishingly good film so basically edgar wright was involved until quite late on in the process and then there was a falling out but yes uh, and so this it was rewritten. The script was rewritten. A new director was brought on board. Paul Rudd did um, get some writing credits, I think, in the first Ant Man, uh, and he's definitely one of the writers. I suspect one of the, mm. the, the kind of major inputs for the comedy stuff mm. uh, mm. in Ant Man and the Wasp. So there is that. There is still that connection, but I do think it is just that difference between the British humour that Edgar Wright brought and the American humour that Paul. Rudd brings and and there's you know that's not to say one's better one's worse whatever it's just different and mm. I think I think that's why the films feel very different as well yeah mm-hmm. well they both got recommendations from you mum how do you think the films compare to each other I definitely liked the first Ant-Man better I okay mean, I think it I think it I think it works better it hangs together better and it and it's hmm. funnier it's tighter the humor is the humor is definitely tighter yeah yeah but I think there's all there's always a problem if you're making a you know any film with a number two at the end of it you know Ant Man two you know um, or Guardians of the Galaxy two you're, you've always you know it's always well, a tougher job. You say that Captain America two I'd say is a better film than Captain America. Yeah, probably. It might be the probably. only sequel yeah, yeah, yeah. in the yeah, yeah, MCU yeah, yeah. No, which is actually yeah. better because Thor two and Iron Man two both I don't think were as good as the originals. No, uh, no but I would agree with that. You know, anything the Russo brothers touch turns to gold, apparently, and Captain America the Winter Soldier is great. <laughs> There's loads to say about the Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I think also particularly missing, given that it's called the Ant-Man and the Wasp, the Wasp didn't really feature in your summary at all, and given your complaint about lack of female mm. representation... Right, if I can just say, I basically think there are two talking points about this film as far as I'm concerned. One is the end credit scene and the second one is decent female characters at long last, hurray, hurrah. <laughs> yep, I mean, yep. all of that, all three, I think, are proper rounded characters. They're not just there as a mother or a daughter or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a sidekick. All three of them have got really good characters to play and the, and I think all three actors play them really well or actors yeah, I'm never yeah. sure whether you're anyway I was confused about um <laughs> I was you were con- confused <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, not hard to believe, a woman with your razor-sharp intellect. <laughs> not only was I confused, I still am confused about who the wasp actually is. The original wasp was Janet, the mother. Yeah. Then the yes. wasp suit was made for Hope, the daughter. You've... Uh... This is similar to what you were saying last time. You were saying, oh, they can't bring back the wasp because they've already got the wasp. And the, you, when the you last were talking about bringing back Janet. This, yeah, reveal, yeah. The, last, the, the, the end credit scene of the first film, which I saw twice, but the second time yeah. I it, was actually revealing <laughs> the suit for the wasp. So I'm thinking, oh, right, so that's hope. But actually, and they never kind of properly... So it's called. This is, um, this is something that I, I, I remember sticking in my head at the time, but I chalked it up to me not understanding properly. I, I kind of cut you off from your point a little bit there, Mum. Would you like to finish it? I, I think I might be seeing where you're coming from, coming towards this now. It's not particularly profound, Joe. I just don't know whether the wasp refers to Hope or Janet. Right. Okay. It, it refers to both. It's a, it's a, it's a, maybe this is something that being a, a comic book fan or, you know, having been a superhero fan for a while is a little bit clearer. It's a moniker. It's the, the Wasp is a title that was handed down from Janet to Hope when the first Wasp died. It's something that happens quite a bit with Spider-Man. There'll be different Spider-Men sometimes. Miles Morales has been Spider-Man for a while before. Is it like the Green Goblin? Passed the from yeah. father green, to son. Green as Goblin, well. yeah. Yep. Well, I think I think the younger one generally goes by Hobgoblin, but uh, yeah, in, in at least in the Raimi films, I think he might go by Green Goblin again. But yeah, there are there are certain superheroes that when they die or you know retire or something like that, the the name of the superhero gets passed down. It might be something that the MCU, if that's your only link into superheroes, might not do a great job of explaining because they use the superhero names so infrequently. I mean, yeah, there are certain superhero names that they use a lot, like Iron Man and Captain America, but then there are other ones that barely ever get mentioned. Like, they very rarely called the Hulk the Hulk at the beginning, yeah. I think. that It was always the green guy or the other guy. Uh-huh. There are certain ones which I don't know if they've ever actually been used. Well, I can't remember ever hearing Scarlet Witch, actually. It's only because you Scarlet Witch, me. I don't think, yeah. has ever actually been... Yeah, I don't think it's ever been said. So maybe mm-hmm. the MCU's strange relationship with names hasn't made it super clear. But yeah, the, mm. the Wasp was probably what they called Janet back in the day when mm. she and Hank Pym were going on missions together and he was Ant-Man. And then mm. both of those titles have been passed down to the younger generation. So right. they are both the Wasp. One of them is currently acting as the Wasp and one of them is now a strange mystical okay. shaman with quantum powers, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a significant enemy. I think to save confusion, why don't you call one the wasp and the other one the quantum wasp? That, the quantum that, that wasp, was a, yes. That will sort it out. <laughs> I mean, I also think that you've got a pretty firm grasp on their names now. You could also just call them Hope and Janet at this point. Yeah, yeah. I did like, uh, to go back to my main point, I, I very mm-hmm. much appreciated that there were decent, rounded female characters. And also yep. one of the other themes of the film was kind of being a responsible parent. But the main mm-hmm. character that that came through was not a woman, but through Scott. So I like mm-hmm. that as well, that the responsible parenting thing was actually, given, yeah. that storyline was given to Scott as the father rather Struggling than Struggling as a single, which, well, not yeah. a single father, but a, a father yeah. who who yeah. is single, so, I suppose. He was, of course, also fulfilling the world's greatest grandma role as well. So he that's was not true. only a single yeah, father, true. but he was the world's greatest grandma at the yeah, same time. That's true, that's true, yeah. <laughs> to talk about Ghost, I, I agree. I think she's really cool. I also think that Hope is super cool. She's a, she's a great character and she also looks mm. brilliant in all of the fight scenes. The fact that she just knows what she's doing a bit more than Scott makes a very nice dynamic <laughs> whenever they're in the room together doing yes, a mission. Yes. 
And better at fighting, basically, she as well. I mean, yeah. she takes out the bad guys a lot more easily than he does. I mean, she just clearly has a much fuller control of the suit, uh, much more full control of the suit. Yeah, and to I be mean, fair, I... a better suit. The suit works and it she fires also has and it yeah. flies. Yeah. So no, she but, does have a better suit. But Scott is more of an apprentice. I mean, his role is as the yeah. new guy, yeah. the new kid in the block. Yeah. I think his only real thing that his suit can do that has isn't shown to be able to do is being able to grow as well as shrink. Because that that's I think they say stuff about how that's not it's not super working properly. He had to sleep for three days after Germany and stuff. So yeah, I, I guess just he's the only one that's an idiot enough to continue trying to do this thing, which clearly isn't a particularly good thing to do. But to go back to Ghost, solid villain. I, I liked her motivations. I like how she set up. I like how she kind of gets a little bit more desperate as time goes on, and has a very believable backstory to all of that and as you say a strong female character one of the first female villains i think maybe the second after hella in thor ragnarok mm-hmm. and also was they changed the character from the comics as far as i know ghost is a man in the comics i can't find any pictures of ghost not in the suit so i don't know what the man looks like exactly but i'm pretty sure he's male so they, they changed it for this film which seems like a nice step did you come across him in the comics, David? Uh, no, I wasn't aware of Ghost before the film, but I mean, there was a couple of things I thought about Ghost that were one that's just kind of vaguely interesting in the passing, in that she was supposedly from Argentina, I think. Is that right? If I remember correctly, she, or there was, the accident happened in Argentina. There was certainly Argentina was mentioned. Can't remember. So I'm, I'm, but she definitely had a British accent, so oh, I'm yeah. not at all sure. Yeah. I mean, she's a British actress, but I, yeah. I don't I don't know whether that yeah. was supposed to be part of the backstory or not. It just she was suddenly there and speaking with a British accent. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure where that came yeah. from. It's probably just that the actor <laughs> is British and they just didn't really fancy changing it or explaining it. The other thing I thought was interesting about her character was that S.H.I.E.L.D. connection. That they, they very much set it up that it was that S.H.I.E.L.D. had trained her to use her powers and to be an assassin and to do all these bad mm-hmm. and terrible things. And because again, from the from the the Shield television show, and from kind of what we know about Shield through through the films, we're kind of led to believe that Shield is this kind of this good organisation that's out for kind of world peace and protecting mm. truth, justice, and the American way. And Cap's kind of generally for Shield, one would imagine, un- until the kind mm-hmm. of Civil War stuff came about. And yet, there they were using her powers in a way that that would seem to be morally dubious at best uh, i mean with the well, with the with um uh i was going to say scarlet witch that's not right uh, black widow with black widow mm-hmm. it's very much established or not it was the bad guys that trained her to be an assassin but yeah, she came uh-huh. over to yeah. her side and now she's using it for good but uh, she was me you know she she learned all these these bad KGB, killing people she things, said yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, from the other side, whereas no ghost very much said that Shield trained me to be an assassin. So I th- I thought that was an interesting well, I think, twist. Um, Do we trust Shield? You know, where is it going with Shield? And and um, and again in later mm-hmm. films, we're maybe led to question a wee bit about what Shield's up to. Although her character in itself wasn't particularly ambiguous. I mean, she wasn't a baddie in the traditional sense that she had evil motives. She was basically trying to save herself. Ah, but she was yes. quite willing to. She was quite willing to take the the Ant Man's daughter and and use her uh, to get her own way. She was quite ah, happy for for Janet to die so that she could live. So you know, I think there was. I think there's I'm more not, than I'm just ambiguity was- there. I'm not saying she was a good person, but I'm saying the motivation for her the motivation for her evil acts was actually self preservation. We're stepping we're 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 taking another 
hardline moral stance. Kidnapping children, also bad. Also bad. Yes, genocide bad. We're not afraid. Film. We're not afraid of these types of things. A lot of lesser podcasts would shy away from this, but we stand firmly against kidnap and murdering old people. Yeah, indeed. It's a bit of a strange part of the film to single out in a discussion that hasn't narrowed in too much yet. <laughs> but the uh, the car chase scene at the end. Oh, I know you're yeah. not the biggest fan of action, Mum. It's something that we all know now. Man, <laughs> that car chase scene is so good, though, right? You must have enjoyed yourself there. I, I, did, I did. I liked the the kind of dinky toy element to it. Yep. I liked the kind of growing big and small. And I liked, you Making know, the, the kind little, of... Um, the tiny Take little car noise yeah, <laughs> yes, driving that's around, right, exactly. that's adorable. And having the Hot Wheels flames drawn yep, on the cars yep. and choosing the one you want out of the suitcase. You yep, know, that, that was that, fun. That, that was very well done. I think uh, Hope specifically gets a lot of really, really cool moments in that chase. Ant-Man is largely the comic relief-y type guy, turning big, kicking the little truck along and everything. But Hope, when she does, she, when she like shrinks down, gets into the car, takes out the two in the backseat, then like smashes her way out the window, swings around and kicks her way in through the front window. That's awesome. That's just, that's just, I mean, it's a comedy film, you know, it's got a light tone and everything, but that's just solid action. That could, that could be in any Marvel film and feel very, very at home. Yeah, I've got nothing else to add here, Joe. Just talk, talk, talk away for another five minutes or however much you like. Can I get grumpy old man about the, the cars again then? Is that allowed? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the car chase was good fun, but... Are you ready for the grumpy old man butt? Are you ready for this? <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to disagree with it, but go but ahead. I don't know. See, <laughs> I, I, in general, I watch the films and I am quite happy to suspend my disbelief. Yeah? So Ant-Man gets mm-hmm. tiny. Does does his mass change? Does he become super dense? Now, sometimes his mass seems to change because he can. when he's tiny, he can still hit people and have a major impact. But other times when he's tiny, he doesn't seem to have any yeah, impact at all when he should. Yeah, it doesn't seem very consistent. So does his mass change? Does his mass doesn't change? Right, I just went with it. Okay, that was fine. He's Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm used to him through the comics. That's fine. Somehow or other, in the second film, from the, very first, from the first watch of it, I started to get upset about the tiny cars. I'm going... Why, why is that a tiny car? Why, why have they gone into a tiny car? What's the point in going into a tiny car? So the very first time when he wakes up in the tiny car and they're driving along mm-hmm. and the pigeon looks in the window and I'm thinking, right, they're in yeah, a tiny car. Yeah. Why are they in a tiny car? It's not. Wouldn't it's it take ages for... to get anywhere? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, cause, cause the, 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 and I'm thinking, now there's no advantage to this. They're not so tiny. Yeah. They're not ant-sized, so it's not for stealth. They're, they're yeah. the size I think, of, they're I think the, that's the main thing. It's, for, the size, it's, not it's not perfect for stealth. For stealth it's but... not for stealth because they're the size of a remote control car. You're standing yeah. waiting to cross the road, and this remote control car goes past you. You're going to go, oh, there's a remote control car. There is no stealth there sure. whatsoever. You're, you're going to say, here's, here's the thing. Just you're going to say, oh, there goes a remote control car. You're not going to go, ah, there's Hope Van Dyme, international fugitive. No, I no, should I'm, call the police. I'm going to chase the remote control car, pick it up and say, is this anybody's remote control car? At which point it will go big and I'll land on my arm and I'll be paralysed for life or something. Anyway, They'll, but they'll the other... drive around too quick. They're, they're too good no. at avoiding people well, and everything. They drive around too quick. There is the other. This is my other grumpy old man bit, okay? You can't break the laws of physics. I'm sorry to, to say this, but I was quite happy to suspend my disbelief with Ant-Man getting small and mass being... It's obviously quantum mass, okay? So Sometimes the quantum mass is in a different realm and, and sometimes it isn't. Okay, I can cope with that. But I'm thinking, there is just no way this little car 
can be going at the same speed as a big car. So it's a big car and it's going along. Let's say they're obeying the speed limit and they're doing 30 miles an hour. But this tiny car, how is this tiny car going at 30 miles an hour? I got to the stage, I actually started working out the physics of this and going, no, this just doesn't work. <laughs> the wheels, would, the little wheels would be having to go so blow up. And then I started to worry, would a combustion, internal combustion even work when it was that small? Are they, are they electric? And I, so at that point, I just lost it and I thought, no. Tiny little shrinking men, I can cope with that, but shrinking cars, that's a step too far. I'm sorry. See, the thing is, I think uh, it's its a good point that you bring up, and, and, you know, good problems with the film and everything, but what you might not have considered is that the car is also in a different quantum realm ah, and has it's healing a quantum particles. Quantum car, and, of course. Yeah. Quantum stuff, I think. See the, <laughs> you needed a line in which they said quantum in relation the, the, to the, the cars to explain it all. The very obvious product placement where you very prominently saw the Hyundai sign in front of the car with the, with the flames <laughs> on the side and so on. That, 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 it's a quantum car. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think we're I think we're on slightly different sides of this. The the car is so much fun. I will happily accept the car and the fact that it goes too quickly by just saying they've they've changed the engine. Maybe they've just put in a Formula One car engine. A, a I don't know how engine. cars work. Maybe there's a way that it works. But the wheels um, would be going I mean, too fast. Think about the angular maybe, rotation. Maybe the, do the maybe sums. the wheels are made of adamantium or something. I don't know how they do this stuff. The car is fine with me. What occasionally bothers me is not understanding the mass of the of the ants yes. people of the of the people because there's a bit where hope is fighting in the kitchen which is again great it's scene fantastic i think mum and i said really to each other what a great fight. idea uh-huh. to put it That's in right. the kitchen yeah, in the kitchen that was good mm-hmm. and the guy is trying to hit her with a mallet and she's dodging the mallet as if oh if i get hit by this mallet that won't be great but i i feel like if she's tiny and her mass is the same wouldn't she just wouldn't she be able to hold the mallet up or that's the type of thing that brings me out of it ever so slightly not being clear on that also if the mass mm-hmm. changes then when he's giant shouldn't he not really be able to do it should be able that's to do the thing that i yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't so know. That, I'm, I am fine with it. I don't think about it much. But if we're going to put one mm. on the side of I'm happy to dispense, suspend my disbelief and one on the side of... Dip too far. Maybe that could be a bit more explanation. I think we're on opposite sides of that. No, no, you see, I'm, I'm used to tiny men from the comics. I'm not used to tiny cars. That was obviously what did it for me. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I also didn't understand, given that, given that they were able to fight when they were tiny and, and pack a full sort of grown-up punch, even as ant-sized, I don't understand why they kept getting big again, you know? So why, why did they get big so that the ghost can grab you and stick her arm through mm. you and all this kind of stuff? Just stay tiny, you know? Um, and why I risk guess. getting shot? Well, sometimes they like go big and like use the fact that they're standing on the ground and also holding a thug's arm to flip the thug over or something. So you know, stay tiny, just stay tiny. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Probably just to make the fight scenes a bit more interesting. If if they're all tiny and can't see stuff, it would probably get a bit boring. If I took my grumpy old man hat off, the fight scenes were cool, and the way that they did shrink and get big and small and all that kind of stuff in the middle of the fight was was done very well. So yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Just the tiny cars. No to tiny cars. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling not all of that rant will stay in. <laughs> there, if, there is, if there is nothing about tiny rant, a rant about tiny cars... There'll be, oh, th- there'll be some. I just don't think it'll be the whole thing. I, you'll get it all again spelled out in great detail on the Facebook page, trust me. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll that's even give you the calculations. <laughs> But anyway, my main complaint was the tiny cars. They don't work. <laughs> Make sure that stays in there. I'd be so upset if that doesn't come in. All right, we've not got long to go. Let's stop talking yes. about tiny cars, shall we? <laughs> so 
What's interesting about this film is that this might be the only one which you actually kind of got the cinema experience for. It's probably a little bit too late for us to say that's why we took a big break, but <laughs> you waited about three months between seeing Infinity War and seeing the next film, and they were releasing three films a year at this point, so that's pretty much how long uh-huh, uh-huh. one would have waited. Yeah, And I, re- I remember saying last week... This is a fun, zany film at a time where you really don't want a fun, zany film. And maybe if we had kept that momentum going of doing a podcast episode every week or two weeks, it would have felt a little bit more annoying focusing on what's to come. Uh But honestly, having not seen a Marvel film for a while, I think I probably had a pretty similar reaction to seeing this for the first time, which was, I haven't seen a Marvel film for a bit. It was nice to see a Marvel film again, eh? Like, I'm still looking forward to what's coming more than Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to this film, but it was fun to just watch a Marvel film, especially with you, Mum. But it's just, you know, part of it is just, they are pretty consistent. They've got a few duds, a few ones that don't work as well, but Mm -hmm. even those, Mm -hmm. for the most part, are pretty enjoyable. And although it's not the best film in the MCU... It's still got the good humor. It's still got the good action. It has a pretty cohesive plot and they do certain things above average, like having a good villain in this one. It's kind of just nice to watch Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I, a decent d- despite film. My, despite my grumpy old man rants, and I suspect most of that, as you say, will be cut, but it was a good fun film. I mean, I mm. really genuinely mm. enjoyed it the first time I saw it and I genuinely enjoyed it on, on the rewatch there in, in preparation for this uh, this particular podcast, so it's 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 it was it was fun. Yep, there's a kind of quality threshold that you'd expect that, that I'm expecting now that I'm an, an expert MCU person. <laughs> there is a kind of quality threshold, and it did pass the quality threshold. Yeah. but I can I can completely understand why you would have been slightly um, frustrated, maybe uh, having well, see, after Infinity thing. War, and hmm. and so that's but that's why the final scene. So you're, you 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 yeah. You're, you're getting through this film and you think, okay, I'll just enjoy this. This is just a nice, yeah. just a yeah. nice wee film. I'll just enjoy it for what it is. And then wham, it slams you right at the end with a reminder of the horror. Just before we dive into that properly, I would like to say, very strangely, I don't actually remember feeling very frustrated the first time I saw this, or oh, okay. this time. I, I feel like you should, but I think that, more than anything else, probably speaks to the films and the MCU's general high level of quality, which is just... Yeah, I really want to see what happens next in the main saga, but as as in terms of just killing some time before that happens, I I had fun. I left That'll the film do. enjoying myself. Yeah. I don't really remember having much frustration on either side. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But yes, in terms of you you brought us very nicely back on track there, mum. <laughs> the end credit scene which we danced around a lot at the beginning. Oh, what happens, oh. mum? Well, <laughs> Scott has gone down the quantum tunnel this time mm-hmm. to to gather some quantum energy in a little tube. quantum healing particles. <laughs> quantum, quantum healing particles, healing mum, particles yeah. in a wee tube, and he's down a there. Quantum tube, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. And he's talking to um, Hank and Hope and Janet, who are up on mm-hmm. the surface with the tunnel, a much smaller version of the tunnel in the back of a van, I think. Yep. You cut to Scott talking to them. Via the communicate the quantum communication channel, <laughs> and suddenly there's no response from the other side. And when the camera cuts <sighs> back, you just see them disintegrating. Oh, so good! Turning into dust. And then you hear Ant Man's frantic 
realizing what's happening and that they're not there and that they're so, not playing around and so how screwed he is. He's stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah, he Again. is. Mm. Again. Yeah. Yeah, just... I mean, the whole way through the film, you just, I was just like, can't wait to get to that bit. It's so good. And I think part of why it works so well is that the film has this really light tone and, yeah. you know, quite personal lowish stakes for a superhero film and then to just have the huge dissonance or juxtaposition mm. of just slamming home oh yeah and just an infinity happened remember infinity war happened yeah that happened and now they're all gone and Ant-Man's stuck it just it makes it so much more effective just out of interest did did you know that was coming joe the first time you watched it or i mean had you heard any spoilers or anything or was oh no 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 su- we saw so these a complete surprise to you when by you saw this that point we time. were seeing them too soon to release date to get any spoilers really i think i'd probably like stay off reddit and facebook for a couple of days to make sure i didn't when they came out but yeah i had no idea it was happening to be honest the reason that i told mum in the intro war in last week's episode that it's set before infinity war is that for a decent amount of it i'd occasionally go right when is this set again because it must be set before the snap no one's mentioned it but when exactly is this set and i remember thinking about that a lot more the first time through watching it it, it never really addresses it. I guess the assumption is just it's a couple yeah. of weeks before Infinity War. It just never really gets into yeah. it too much. I suppose it was mentioned in Infinity War that Ant-Man trailed. wasn't there because he was, it was trailed in Infinity War that Ant-Man wasn't there because he was under house arrest. So we can kind of gather that it was r- roughly the same time. Yeah. Nice yeah. to... Uh, yeah. Not only for you to get us back on track with that scene, Oof. but for the film to right at the end get yeah. back on track with the high stakes of what we Indeed. are leading into. Actually, you know what? I've also learned the word the snap. I didn't know that that Infinity War thing was called the snap. <laughs> so, to look forward to Endgame, but just before that, next week, mm-hmm. we have Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. That's going to be our next film watching it. We've mentioned this quite a few times on the podcast before, that I'm looking forward to it, that it's controversial. But before all of that, if you would like to get in contact with us on the email address, which, who knows, maybe I'll check, maybe I won't. (laughs) Maybe I'll reply saying you can be on an episode and then just not email back. You can email us at mymummistmarvel at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, mummistmarvel. Or you can have a look for us on Facebook by just probably typing in my mum missed Marvel into <laughs> Facebook and it should probably come up. Uncle and, David. And you're, you're on, on Insta- pro- I'm just going to say, and you're on Instagram as well, That's although goodness knows why. We, well, do you know, I said that as well, goodness <laughs> knows why, and I have discovered the reason myself because um, what, I've, what I'm doing on in Instagram is just one post per episode. Okay. So if I want to find out what episode, um, you know, was Civil War or you know, da da da, there's that, there are, so it's like a little index. Ah. Uh, so like <laughs> so it's little more index. for your personal yeah. use than it's for, for my marketing own of the use. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a, a visual chapter guide. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, but it's also quite a nice little gallery. I quite like the is. little images that it we've is. got. You've for done each a good job, the, Mum. For each of the episodes, for each of the films. So nice you were going to ask me something more sensible, Joe, when I just got in with another grumpy old man comment. Well, <laughs> what I was going to say was, normally we allow the guest to plug something as well, but unfortunately you've used your only plug slot on our Instagram account, so I'm going to have to deny <laughs> that. For... No, go ahead. What, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, uh, not really, no. Um, education is good. Read books, people. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> 
Oh man, that really makes our plugs look pretty bad. And so, so <laughs> you come on and say education is good. I'm a teacher like you, like yourself, and I've never said that on the podcast. <laughs> well, as it was with the bonus episode, it's been a delight to have you back on, Uncle David. Hope you've enjoyed your time. More or less. We'll, uh, yeah, feel free to send us a few more emails regarding different episodes you'd like to be on. We might get back to you on, or maybe we won't. But I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point soon on a family Zoom call. Mm. For everyone else, you've got to wait the several months until the next episode is out. (laughs) We'll see you then. Would you like to take us out with one of our catchphrases or a new catchphrase? You can add a new one into the hat to see. We're getting into the end. We might have to pick a best catchphrase at some point in the coming episodes. We've got to really nail that down before it finishes. Have you got one up your sleeve? I would say, given how long it took you to respond to me, I think the catchphrase should be Better late than never. (laughs) (laughs) This is Joe Mum and Uncle David signing off. Better late than never. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Very good. All right. (laughs) You have been listening to My Mum Missed Marvel, created by and starring Joe Walker and Aileen Walker. Edited by Joe Walker. Music by Kevin Chute and graphics by Alex Carby. Yeah, well, it was, fair enough. It was actually quite confusing for us because we got to the end of watching the film. Do you remember this, <laughs> Joe? We got to the end of watching the film, and if you're watching You say the film, us. <laughs> I didn't think it was very confusing for one of us. Well, it was confusing for both of us in the end because basically we ended up watching different things on the screen. <laughs> Oh, that was... I had forgotten that part of it. We get to the end, and Disney Plus has this very irritating thing where even though there are end credit scenes, it still pops the credits down into a little box. So we had to click back on it, but me, being a normal person, just clicked back on the credits, (laughs) the little box that they'd gone back down to. It became full screen again, didn't pause or anything like that. Mum must have somehow clicked on the Ant-Man thumbnail and started watching Ant-Man and then when I told her which timestamp to go in, because she's like, oh, oh, it's gone back to the beginning. I had to tell her go go to 149 or whatever it was and mum was like, this has been in the this was in the last film. I think, I think this is exactly the same um, credit scene as the first Ant-Man film. And I'm because... saying, oh, this is definitely from the new one. Look, the, the mum's there and everything. And mum goes, no, no, no. So it took us ages to get there, but we did eventually. Yes. Can, can I also say as well when people, if that stays in the podcast People listen to Joe impersonating his mum there. He suddenly went very <laughs> Scottish. Oh, I've been right back to the beginning. It was, uh, very that wasn't actually my best Scottish accent. If that if that's cut out, the main reason will be that I'm ashamed of how much of it like an Englishman I sounded.